Hey, hey, I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. All right. Hello. Welcome back. I'm excited that you're here. Today, my guest is Dr. Anne Tran. She's a clinical psychologist. Her background is in trauma, and she's also a dating coach. And she's a good friend of mine. I actually met her through my friend Grace, who I volunteer with at the animal shelter. I'm going to kick this off with just a little monologue of sorts. My friends and I, we have a couple group chats, and we'll just like all send funny screenshots that we see or funny conversations that people have on the apps or whatever. So a couple of my friends sent me some really funny ones and I just had to share them because why not? Okay. I want someone who understands the difference between monetary and fiscal policies. <laughs> like what? Why do you want that? That sounds so boring. I honestly bamboozled half the time of all these things. Oh, this one was funny. It said, I'm looking for work. I'm not actually on here for dating. If you have a backyard, I will pick all of your weeds. And here's another one. You should leave a comment if you're active, well-traveled, and you have a growth mindset. If I see another growth mindset, it's like so insane. <laughs> uh, let's see, there's a few more. We'll get along if you're an introverted extrovert, you're a sex-positive empath looking to connect, and you're not really into monogamy, but you're into lasting slash deep connections. Like these are just too much. Let me see if there's one more. I'll know it's time to delete Hinge when she peels shrimps for me. Anyways, this is just part of the modern dating world that I get to at least share with my group of girlfriends. And I just think, you know, these provide such a good laugh, but I hope that you can at least appreciate them with me. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is as good as it's going to get for hanging out. Well, how are you doing? I know you went to a wedding this morning, a virtual wedding. I went to a Zoom wedding. It was my first Zoom wedding. Have you gone to any Zoom weddings yet? I haven't. I'm kind of upset I haven't been invited to one yet. <laughs> how, how was it? It was beautiful. It was in Mississippi. So it actually started at like 8, which is very early, you know, oh, like 8 a.m. 10 a.m. there, you know. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but it was kind of it was it was really nice. It was really beautiful, actually. I got more emotional than I thought I would, you know. Oh yeah. So I'm super excited that you're here today. We have a lot to talk about. Yay! Do you want to kind of give us first kind of an overview, kind of of your professional journey, and then also your dating relationship journey, and then we yeah. can go from there. Yeah. So I actually I'm a clinical psychologist. And my background, my expertise is actually in trauma. And I think that's a little bit of me search, like with all of us, you know, I'm, I come from a refugee family, my parents actually met in a refugee camp, escaping the Vietnam War. And I think like, I was trying to kind of understand intergenerational trauma, and kind of heal myself, as well as like, figure out how to help others in their healing journey. And so I'm really what a lot of my like training and expertise has been in is trauma, which is kind of seems sort of unrelated. But I ended up working at a place called the Rape Treatment Center. It was like all sorts of trauma. It was all sorts of different traumas. There was, there was also 
survivors of torture from around the world seeking asylum and that kind of thing. But I ended up getting like very traumatized doing that work. I don't, have you ever watched SVU? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's where all my my fears come from. (laughs) I mean, I actually love SVU because it kind of like, wraps it up neatly, which is not always the case, you know, in real life. But I would help people who would come in for rape kits and things. And I I actually became pretty like traumatized myself. And I became very weird on dates. I would like, ask people like, hey, you know, you don't look like a rapist, but I can't be sure. So I'm going to go ahead and not leave my drink here. So try to be okay with that. Or if you want to give me your driver's license so I can take a picture and send it to my friends, that would be great. Like I was like inappropriate because I was so freaked out, you know? Yeah, that makes total sense. I imagine that's probably pretty common for people working with it directly. Totally. I mean, I still have some friends who who are working there and I, I think it's kind of amazing, but yeah, it's kind of an occupational hazard of being, you know, traumatized. And so I, I decided to get another job where I didn't do all trauma And my first foray into online dating was actually traveling. And it was so like empowering and actually felt really healing. And I never online dated before, partly because I was scared. And partly, I don't know, I think it was like, when was this? Like five years ago, six years ago, this is kind of like newer. I mean, I think online dating was happening, you know, but I had not done it before. I was doing it the old fashioned way. Oh, yes. The old timey times. (laughs) Being at a bar. Yeah. Um, Wait, so you jumped in basically in the deep end by starting online dating abroad? Yeah. So So brave. It was so empowering. And yeah, I I called it travel lindering. I (laughs) tindered all over. I, you know, I went to like, I think I went to like three weddings during that time. It was like, can't remember, like a month, a little, like a month and a half or something that I had off. And so I was like, went to Santa Barbara for a wedding, New York. And then I went to Europe and Mexico and everywhere I went, I would go on these Tinder dates, which by the way, is a great way to get to know a city and have like a free tour guide, right? Did you also find a date for each wedding then? (laughs) That is such a good question. I did not. One wedding was like a a little courthouse wedding. And you know, you kind of have to RSVP. So I can't be like, hey, I'm going to find a random person. (laughs) But gosh, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. And I just like did what I please. And I definitely ran into some creeps, but I felt very like empowered to just like leave if need be. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, yeah, you know, just it it sometimes feels uncomfortable. But, you know, people are really not paying attention to your boundaries. Like, totally. what was your favorite date that you went on abroad? There was this guy that I went out with. So I went on this like really terrible date where I had to be like, I have got to get out of here. Like he, he made us go to three different coffee shops. I was in Dublin and I was like, you live here. I don't live here. I'm not the one choosing these places, you know? So I was like, I got to get out of here. And luckily I had booked another date later that night. And we had like so much fun. We went to, we, we ended up doing like dinner and then we, Ended up doing like a whiskey tasting. We like ran around to different bars and had whiskey tastings. And he was like, hey, you know, I have a nice bottle of whiskey at my house. And I was like, yes, yeah, I definitely want to do that. Let's go make out at your house. 
So that's, so that's such a smooth way to just <laughs> progress. Like, oh, by the way, such a smoothie. Yeah. And there was these things called, I think they're called snugs. I can't remember what they're called, but apparently in Ireland, they're in, in the pubs, there's like an area of the bar, if they're like an old enough bar, where I think it was like priests and stuff would go drink and they could be like kind of like, or I don't know, religious leaders. I don't know, like people who like you like wanted to be anonymous could drink oh. and these things. Yeah. But then now, you know, they're just like these little kind of like secret parlors that you can go in and like hang out. So it's like really fun. That's really cool. So, okay. So how long were you traveling for total? And then did you keep tendering when you got back or what happened? You know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I think I was in Europe for like three weeks. I was in Hawaii for like a week. I was in New York and I was in Mexico for a week. So I was kind of in different areas and I... I had flown back to San Francisco, I think because there was a, a, a wedding that I had to be back for. And then I was kind of in like Tinder, like crazy mode still, you know? And so I kind of kept it up for a while. But then I was like, all right, this is getting kind of like a lot. <laughs> it was like, yeah. you know, you can't, you got to take breaks, as you know. Oh, yeah. I'm a big proponent of the break. I love a break, especially now. There's so much yeah. going on, you know? Oh, yeah. So I'm on an extended break. <laughs> Are you right now? Um, I mean, no, not at this moment, but I have, I was taking a little extra breaks, going just a little extra easy on myself, all things considered. Yeah. It's, this is the time to go easy on ourselves. I hear this a lot, this like expectation that during pandemic, you're supposed to develop like, I don't know, like a, total crazy Zen Buddhist meditation practice or a new hobby where you become an expert crocheter, you know, like people are just so, I know, wild, such overachievers. I'm like, I just want to be like a plane getting through the turbulence and like just getting out of the turbulence and like the clouds, just get me out alive. Seriously. (laughs) If we make it out alive, that is like, success man you're just a commercial flight just trying to make it to your destination yeah exactly i'm not trying to do blue angels you know fancy tricks i just want to get across the ocean be fine it feels very like capitalism you know that everyone is just like needs to optimize on every moment to quote unquote improve yourself you know I know. Are you seeing that with your dating clients? Or like, what's what does that kind of look like now? What are the biggest challenges you're seeing? I think it's kind of a mixed bag. So some people are kind of like, this is not a good time to date, you know? And it's like, well, it's it's definitely challenging, right? Nothing is easy at this time by any means. But, you know, people date and find love or whatever it is you want to do in all sorts of different circumstances. So it's never going to be a good time. I mean, take breaks and push yourself, but you got to go for it too. And then I think, you know, with that, I think in some ways it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think people are trying to push themselves that hard in general, which is, which is not bad. This sort of a mixed bag. I don't know. I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. And it, I feel like by now we should know, but I feel more confused than I was before. Oh, I don't think there's any shoulds at this time. And I think it's all just sort of 
changing, you know, too. I think we're all just kind of trying to figure out. And I love what you said, like, it's like an STD. It's like, yeah, now we have to ask for STD testing and COVID testing if we're thinking about coming close in any kind of way. I know. I think Uh, conversations are harder than relationship conversations, actually, in some ways, you know? Oh, really? How so? Like, like I was dating someone and he was saying something like, oh, I'm, I'm going to like have a party after work. And I think he meant like he was just going to like have a drink by himself. But I misunderstood that and I kind of flipped out and I was like, you know, we're really going to have to talk about like <laughs> what our comfort levels are because I, you know, it all kind of ranges and that makes me uncomfortable. I feel like like those conversations are more pertinent and maybe even harder to have than the what are we conversations. I don't know. They're, it's all yeah. hard. No, it, it is it, affecting it, each other, right? Yeah. I mean, I think especially early on, I was super, I mean, I still am very cautious, but it was harder because some people were just in denial that there was anything going on. You know, oh my so they would just they would just be like business as usual. Really? And, yeah. And like and that was really confusing. Now it, I'm like can look back and be like, oh wow, that's crazy that they were so dismissive of this whole thing. But because it was so early on, it's very telling about someone. A pandemic says a lot about like how they show up in life. I think like how much they, how much they care about society and the greater good. Mm. I feel like a lot of kind of the core values come out. So, are you still dating that the same guy? I am. So I've started dating someone. It's still pretty early, but we're like dating exclusively, and it's. I, I appreciate what you're saying about like some of these things are about you know, like all this is sort of projection about values and how you negotiate talking about that and how you communicate about that. And I think all that is helpful information. And it might even like help to push things further along or, you know, like uh, represent how this person is going to be in a relationship. And, And I think like so many of the conversations that we have had have been around like, okay, who is in your bubble or, or are people in your bubble or how do you feel about when you hang out with other people? Do you wear a mask and be social distance? And it's, it's kind of an interesting experiment or I don't know what to call it, but you know, I think it does, even if we weren't in a pandemic, it's, there's sort of a parallel of like how this person approaches things and how you negotiate these things, you know? That's so true. And it's just, we're seeing it at such an extreme version so it makes it like everything's gonna turbo speed yeah right have you seen that with your own relationship now because you guys are an exclusive relationship is it Mm -hmm. have you felt like it's going faster just because I've read a lot about how pandemic dating for people who have gotten into relationships it's Mm -hmm. it's gone a lot quicker and I've seen that just anecdotally you know it's interesting. I don't think it's necessarily moved at warp speed, but I think it definitely like puts things in perspective that if we weren't in a pandemic, you know, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. You know, it's like when we started talking about being exclusive, I wasn't necessarily there quite yet. And we were kind of talking about it, but theoretically, what would that even mean? You know, I think like now it would be like video dates and like phone calls and texts maybe. And then if I was dating other people, and then it would be, if anything were to happen more than that, then, then I would have to kind of keep, you know, this guy, this other guy that I'm dating, like kind of informed of that. And then what does that 
mean? And if I were wanted to even be closer than a socially distant date, then you kind of have to navigate that. And I think that's kind of interesting. I don't think it's impossible, but I sort of realized like in terms of exclusivity, I'm like, this is all very theoretical, which is also meaningful. You know, it all is sort of a projection. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Wait, so how long have you been with this guy? And then can we talk more about your dating before that too? Yeah. Let's see. I guess it's been like, it hasn't been that long. It's pretty new. So it's been like two months or so that we've been dating. Okay. Feels like longer, at least from every time I've talked to you about him. Well, doesn't like life feel like longer? Like when you think about, you know, like moments of time, doesn't it feel like it's been like three years and like one? I mean, honestly, it's March 16th to me still. Uh, the day that we went into the lockdown. March was the longest year. It was. Yeah, it was. Oh my God. Okay, so, sorry. Dating relationships. <laughs> dating relationships. Yeah. And so in the past, I'm actually technically still married. My divorce comes, uh, goes through soon, I think, in the next few months. Okay. A bit in California. But yeah, it was, it's been kind of strange timing because I, the beginning of this year, decided to go through a divorce, which was really quite hard. But he's someone that I met through Tinder. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I met him through Tinder. So, you know, online dating. No, I don't, I don't regret being married to him. But yeah, we actually went through some loss last year and it kind of highlighted like, oh, we really approach things differently and we're not really going to be able to kind of weather future storms in kind of the same kind of way. So that's kind of how we ended up, you know, breaking up. That kind of sounds almost also like the pandemic kind of where you see people's true colors and their values bubble up to the surface. Right. Exactly. In some ways, you know, it's sort of a a relief. There have been many times during pandemic, I'm like, ooh, I could be holed up with someone that I like really don't, you know, deal with like difficulties well together. You know, he's not by any means, but like that would kind of be a nightmare. So I've kind of been grateful about that. Totally. Just because I imagine there's probably people listening to this who can relate to what you're like going through a divorce and getting to that point. How did you? Had you been thinking about it for a while and then there was kind of a moment? I feel like it can be like boiling a frog sometimes where it's yeah slow. That's a good analogy. I think it did feel like I was a frog boiling and wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really, it didn't really feel like an option. I, you know, being a psychologist, like I'm a believer that people can shift and change and that we can work on things. And I'm a believer in like, like that we as people should work on ourselves and we as a couple could work on ourselves. So we had like a couple's therapist. We were both in our own therapy, you know, we were kind of throwing everything that we could at it. And I think it just kind of happened slowly where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I think like we went through loss and I was in such shock around that. And then I think when like, the fogginess started to clear a little bit. It was, I was sort of processing the things that happened and it was just like, this is not how sustainable because, you know, as humans, we're going to go through loss as couple, mm-hmm. as a couple, we're going to go through loss. We're going to go through transitions. We're going to go through difficulties. And if we can't weather that in a way that that makes sense or that can support each other through, you know, 
that's when I was kind of like, as much as I wanted to work, I can't, but it, it took me a while to get there. Yeah. And it sounds like you put everything into it, like therapy and couples therapy and everything. Yeah. But you know what? My couples therapist said, we, I had a session with him alone, you know, when we came to the decision to separate. He was like, you know, it might be helpful to just like find someone who is already there, you know, not someone that needs to work towards. And all of us have work to do, you know what I mean? But like, in some ways, I think myself being a therapist, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm such a believer that people can change and, you know, what their true higher selves are to to unearth that. But so, you know, it's, it's kind of helpful just to kind of meet people where they are and not try to change them. Right. I mean, I think that's the old adage is true. I always like a good fixer upper. So, (laughs) right. I mean, there's all these home improvement shows around that. Yeah. (laughs) Have you watched that clean, like the cleaning one also reminds me of this too. (gasps) Like organizing, it's like organizing a person, organizing Mm -hmm. your closet. Wait, which one are you talking about? The home edit or? Yeah, 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 that one. I binge watched that and then I color coordinated my closet. (laughs) Somebody was posting a picture of their closet based like on the rainbow of it. I forget how we got to this this point. (laughs) Too many margarita flash wines. Okay, so going back to what you were saying, how have you been able to, like, I guess, take the learnings from your divorce and apply that to dating now? Because I feel like there's probably like a treasure trove of lessons that you've learned and mm-hmm. you found kind of approaches, like you were saying about finding meeting somebody where someone's already at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think like going through all these different aspects of whatever, right? Like being single and dating or being in a relationship and start like, like it just helps you to under like have these experiences that then have empathy for what other people are going through. And I think like when I, I mean, I think I already had empathy, but to like have the lived experience, you know, I think when I was like dating before, I'm like, Oh, if someone has been divorced, that is like, you know, I don't know about that. Right. <laughs> and now I'm having to like, it feels like I'm almost coming out to people. It's not the same oh my gosh. It's almost like, hey, by the way, I'm still married, you know, like I don't oh, yeah. that. And to my surprise, I mean, people were really cool about it. And honestly, at some point, you know, like if I'm talking to someone who's like in their 40s or 50s and they haven't been married or engaged or in some kind of significant thing, it's kind of interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's a data point. It's a data point for sure. Um, but I I think just kind of like really being honest with where you're at, like people responded so well and supportively around that. Thank you, random hinge dates. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I heard that too, just in general and like everybody who I've gone out with, who's been divorced, like it's always just not a big deal because I feel like it's almost a positive because it shows that you are willing to commit and that you probably like did some personal growth, hopefully afterwards. I mean, depending on why some people got divorced, but I mean, most of the people who I've at least anecdotally gone out with, it's like, oh, they always seem like they're a new and improved version of themselves. So I kind of think it's like a little secret weapon. Yeah. It's like, you kind of have to reflect, right? Like to make, come towards all those decisions. And so hopefully someone's like using that to whatever as a learning, like you said. But I love working with people who have like are online dating for the first time, whether they, they've been divorced or they never have. You know, I think it's just, it's kind of fun. And I think it's like, I don't know, it's just you learn a lot about yourself. I really think that's kind of 
the part of dating that I that I love so much. Like I don't really care if you're in a relationship or not, right? I, I actually hate that notion that in society, especially women, being in a relationship defines you in some kind of way. If you're married, people are like, oh my God, congratulate. It's like, all right, <laughs> you know, like I was a person before this. So I don't like that notion that being in a relationship is the end all be all. You know what I mean? But knowing oh, yeah. yourself and learning about yourself. I mean, I think that's that's what I love about dating and relationships. And I think just doing more things on our own just to do them, just being at your core, like living your truth. And then if someone comes along, that'd be awesome. But it's not like, oh, I have to exist to find somebody to like do life with, you know? It's so much pressure. I feel like also the notion of settling comes in. I'm proud of myself that I haven't settled. So it's... Yeah. I mean, there's people I could be dating right now. You could be married and you could be married like three times already. We could all be, you know, like it's... Yeah. You could absolutely be. And that's not the point. (laughs) Exactly. It's not, not the point at all. But yeah, like we were saying though about it's you learn the most about yourself. Can you kind of speak more about that, what you've seen with your clients or for yourself or how that kind of is manifested? Yeah, I mean, for some of my clients, I think this is why I became interested in dating coaching because it was just like coming out naturally in the work. Like in some ways, dating is a final frontier, not because that a relationship is the end-all be-all, but I think when folks are working on themselves and sort of afraid of making themselves that vulnerable, there's just so much that happens where when someone is at a place where they know themselves, they know their boundaries, they know their ability to communicate that and they find a healthy relationship, you know, and when you see someone and support someone through that, like I've actually had some therapy clients end because it's like, oh, they've actually, not just because, you know, they found someone the end, but it's what that means. It means that they were able to express what they really wanted. They know themselves well. They know how to communicate their needs. They know how to like have a healthy partner and, you know, like weed out the ones that weren't healthy for them and utilize not just their partners, but just like their communities, you know, relationships in their lives. And I, I think that is such an amazing thing. So in some ways it's sort of like, the final frontier. I feel like we went through our journey. Me too. This is super fun. How can people find you if they want to connect on dating coaching and all that? Yeah. So my website is Dr. Antran, D-R-A-N-N-T-R-A-N. Um, and also that's also my email address at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram, which is also Dr. Antran. She has a really good Instagram and TikTok. Do you find like that's how I cope with life sometimes or just to come up with silly things? I love it. It's so good. Yours is so good. You make me laugh so much. Oh, it's mostly just coping mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> if your coping mechanism is bringing joy and humor and fun to other people, then all right. Thank yes. you. <laughs> I'm trying to, my goal is kind of just make dating more lighthearted and fun and less you know, serious. Everyone's so serious sometimes. Well, I love that you do that for yourself, but you bring a lot of joy to other people too. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'll see you tomorrow for our picnic too. Yay. (laughs) Thanks girl. All right. So I hope you enjoyed my episode with Dr. Anne. And the dating hack of the week is to like, as I started this episode, 
laugh at all the really funny, silly things because they're really funny. And like that kind of lighthearted approach really helps us when things are hard because you know, if we're kind of always looking at it from this lens of like, oh, dating's the worst, then it's gonna suck. But if you think about it, it's like, this is so silly. Like economic and fiscal policies, like that's what you want. Like, that's just so weird. <laughs> I just think it's funny to like, just enjoy the process, enjoy the laughs and enjoy the silliness and just embrace the weird, embrace the quirky because it's boring to be normal. So anyways, with that, and thank you to StudioPod for editing. Thank you to Anne for being my guest. And I'll see you guys next time.